So we're doing a special um, sermon series right now that is called Christ's Birth and His Certain Return. Let me read for you a summary of today's message. This summary I wrote back on Monday, and I like to get my sermons ready ahead of time so I can live them before I even share them with you so that you can live them the way that God's prepared for you. And it's just interesting how this happened again this week. But here's the summary that I wrote before I knew what the week would have in store. When we speak of joy at Christmas time, it means different things to different people. Christmas brings glee and nostalgia and excitement into the hearts of some who would describe this experience as joy. I know when I think back when I was young and there's some nostalgia there and there was always a sense of glee and joy during that time as we came close to Christmas. But for many others, joy just feels hard to reach as the Christmas season triggers reminders of loved ones lost, difficulties meeting obligations, or deep personal feelings of isolation and loneliness. But God, (laughs) for everyone, there is a light in the darkness, and the darkness will not overcome it. So some of the ways that uh, this message that I'm going to share with you helped me during this week is I learned that several people in my family got COVID um, when they went to my mother's house to make Christmas cookies that they do every year. Our daughter um, drove up to Michigan to do that like she does every year, and now she's quarantined at home in Ohio um, with COVID and can't smell or taste anything. And my niece and my sister and my mother and my aunt and my uncle, all that were in the house, got COVID. So we learned about all this on Thursday, and Pamela and I were just really down, and, and we thought, let's just go to bed. <laughs> let's just go to bed and sleep and see what, what's in store for us in the morning. So about between 6.30 and 7 o'clock, my sister called me, and she said, Alan blah, 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 died. And I said, what? Who? I'm thinking my mother? That's That was the only one that made sense to me. But it was um, my nephew. Actually, you'd call him a nephew-in-law, I guess. 38 years old, worked the night shift, went to work, and had a heart attack. And two police officers showed up at my niece's house in the morning to tell her the news. And then within an hour, I learned that they had a special surprise for the family for Christmas. They were going to announce that she's with child, their first child together. Sometimes joy is hard hard to find. 
So keep that in mind as we go through this message and um, we read these verses because I actually was able to share this with my sister as she was sitting there with my niece. And so it's from Isaiah chapter 12. I'm going to read the first three verses if you'd like to find that in your Bible. And in the Pew Bible, it's on page 1079. And I want you to remember back to last week, we read from Isaiah chapter 11. And we, we read about the stump of Jesse. And Jesse was the father of David, who was all in the lineage of Jesus. And it said, out of this stump, and we talked about how the stump just looks dead, and it's like despair, and you're sitting there on the stump, and out of this stump, a shoot would come up. And that shoot, we know, is Jesus that comes and sits beside us. And if you took some time to read through the rest of chapter 11, you'll see that Isaiah is talking about the birth of Jesus, but he's also talking about the second coming. He says he will come back for the remnant. And then we get here to chapter 12. In that day, you will say, I will praise you, Lord. Although you were angry with me, your anger has turned away and you have comforted me. Surely God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. The Lord, the Lord himself is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. And here's the verse that I really wanted to key, on, key in on for today with joy. With joy you will draw water, the water of life, from the wells of salvation. As we read this text, I, I want you to realize a couple other things that might bring it more to life for you. Isaiah. It's almost a transliteration from the original language. In the, the name Isaiah means the Lord saves. What an appropriate name for this great prophet, Isaiah, to write these kinds of words. And his name meant the Lord saves. And he wrote about the birth of our Savior. He wrote about the coming of Jesus, the one who saves. That's what Jesus means. The one who saves. And he wrote about the suffering that this Jesus would go through. Isaiah in chapter 64 even writes about the revival. The revival in the church. And then he goes on in the next couple chapters after that, talking about the new heaven and the new earth, the reign of Jesus during his second coming. And all of this, written by Isaiah, the Lord saves, was written about 700 years before the birth of Jesus Christ. So here we are on the third Sunday of Advent with a very traditional theme. Like each of the four Sundays leading up to Christmas, the first Sunday we talked about hope. 
We talked about our hope is not an empty hope. Our hope is a living hope. A knowing and an expectation that God has come and that God will, that Jesus will come again. And last week we focused on love. God demonstrates His love for us while we were yet sinners sitting on that stump of despair, a shoot comes up. Jesus comes to sit next to us. The Spirit of the Lord rests on Him and now lives within each one of us who accept Jesus as our Lord and our Savior. Faith alone in Christ alone is salvation. And now this week we focus on joy. Isaiah says, With joy we will draw from the wells of salvation. Another act of grace from God upon our life because of this baby Jesus that we're going to celebrate his birth of in less than two weeks. His love for all people. As we get closer and closer to Christmas, joy just seems to surround us. Joy is in our Christmas carols that we just sang. Joy is in our cards. Joy is in our decorations. You can just drive around the community after dark and receive joy from all the beautiful lights that people put up for Christmas. And so it's easy, easy to hear a scripture like the one that we read today from Isaiah. And it's easy to agree. Hear the words again. With joy you will draw water, the water of life, from the wells of salvation. It's easy to see why we might want to focus on joy on this third Sunday of Advent. Who doesn't like to hear about joy at this time of year? As we light our candles, we can boldly proclaim our joy in our words, our joy in our prayers. We can proclaim joy in our songs. Christmas, Christmas is almost here. And we are joyful. But what about those times when joy feels hard to reach. What do we say then? I had no idea what my week was going to be filled with when I prepared this. And when I talked to my niece on the phone and she was crying, I just said, I'm sorry. She said, it's okay, Uncle Alan. I said, no, it's not, but it's going to be. It's going to be. And I reassured her, you know, you're going to hear a lot of people say they're sorry, and you really don't need to say anything. Just let us have a broken heart with you. The Sunday we consider joy for Advent will always be linked to a time in my life when Pamela's in my life 36 years ago where joy seemed hard to find. We had celebrated that year the birth of our second child in March of 1985. 
That same month, I passed my license exam from the Nuclear Regulatory Commission. I was a licensed reactor operator. Life was good. We were on top of the world, joyful, beyond words. Our family was growing. My career was growing. And then I had a softball accident. Got hit in the gut. Ended up going into the hospital and they did exploratory surgery on me because they didn't know what was going on. What happened was a tumor on my kidney ruptured. They took it out and had it analyzed later. Found out it was cancer. So we went in for more surgery to take out the rest of the kidney and check everything else out. That December, at Christmas time, when we were seeking joy, it was hard. It was hard to find joy when we made Christmas cookies. It was hard to think that we were bringing joy into our baby's first Christmas and our oldest daughter's third Christmas. This might be our last Christmas. We didn't know. Might be our last Christmas as a family. What about joy? How do you talk about joy in the face of something so terrible? For many, joy does feel hard to reach. Christmas season will trigger reminders of loved ones lost. Difficulties that we are experiencing meeting our obligations. And many people are going to have some deep personal feelings of isolation and loneliness. I think that in the church, we sometimes do not do a very good job of acknowledging these realities of the world. We talk about hope and love and joy and peace. But do we talk about the hard things that are happening in our world? Things like COVID and terminal disease and death. Things like violence that's so prevalent around us. Things like tragedy, even in our schools. And now this week, devastation in our country from tornadoes, the likes of which our country has never seen. And some people may still be alive still trapped in the rubble. Things that defy our understanding. Too often, we do not talk about these things. We, we gloss over them like we, we want to focus on brighter and happier things all the time. And then we wonder why people in the community worry, worry about whether they'll be welcome in our church. Because if we don't acknowledge pain and suffering in the world, but instead we just say, oh, be joyful, smile, God loves you. How can anyone tell us their stories? We need to meet people where they are. We must be comfortable to allow others to talk about why they are mourning. Tell them it's okay. You know, it's not okay now. It hurts. But it will be. 
Empathize with someone when they're depressed. Don't walk away from them. Walk alongside someone when they are in the midst of losing their jobs. Walk alongside someone when they're in the midst of just trying to make ends meet. Maybe we can help a little bit. This is why, or this is where people can see Jesus when we show show him to them. Meet people where they are and show them Jesus. Look at verse 2 again. The Lord, the Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. With joy we need to show them. Show them how to draw water, the water of life, from the well of salvation. To deny what is happening in the world is not a Christian response. In fact, it's the opposite of what Jesus chose us to do. Christ never told us to deny the truth. The truth about life and the truth about death. He never told us to only be happy, just be carefree and bright all the time. Come on, you little Christians. That's not the Jesus that I read about. Instead, Jesus told us to bind up the brokenhearted. Tell the truth and stay near to those who suffer. Living Hope Missionary Church of Dunfee. Let's be real. Let's be open. And let's be honest. We know that hard things happen. And that sometimes it might feel like there's just no room in this Christmas season for those hard things. But some years the holidays are just plain hard. We understand that here at Living Hope. And we make room for that here in our church. All should know that whatever you are going through in your life, you are welcome in this church. You are even welcome to carry those things that are hard into this space. This space right here that we're sitting in now. Because if you cannot bring them here, where can you take them? Now at the same time, the church does have an obligation. We as Christians have an obligation. We must do more than just acknowledge the brokenness of the world, which we must do. But we must also go one step forward and proclaim that it does not have to be that way. The next part of the message I titled, There is a Way Our Lord is in this world with us. There is another way. Advent season, during this time, it points to the fact that there is another way. We point toward hope, a living hope, to the future. We point with love, a perfect love that comes from God. And we point to the fact that Christ is in this world with us. The passage that we read this morning from Isaiah reminds us. Listen again to verse 1. In that day, in the day of victory, in the day of victory and joy, 
the day of Jesus' birth and the day of Jesus' coming again, we can say to God, your anger has turned away. Probably because we finally turn toward Him to accept His grace that He's offering to us. And we can say, as it says in the Scripture, You, You Lord, have comforted me. Verse 2, Surely God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. The Lord, the Lord, Yah, Yahweh is my strength, my song, my salvation. Scripture does not promise us an easy life or lives without pain. But it does promise us that those things do not have the last word. One way to illustrate this is to talk about the candles in the Advent wreath. We've been lighting them week after week. Three candles now, red candles all lit, pointing toward that one white candle that still has to be lit. The candle of peace that represents Jesus with us that will light the last Sunday before Christmas. Churches used to take Advent very seriously. The four weeks leading up to Christmas for centuries were to be somber and penitent. As we light the candles, we see a glimpse of what is coming. That white candle, the candle that Jesus is truly coming into this world to bring peace. The high church used to call this Sunday, the third Sunday before Christmas, Gaudette Sunday. That means rejoice. Rejoicing Sunday. So we light this third red candle as we wait for Christ's light to break into the darkness, to bring joy that, we, that feels so elusive to us at many times. We stand here in the real world at the juncture of where pain and hope and peace all meet. And we look for something better. We long for joy. And we say, Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel. Oh, come, God, be with us. We do something else too. We proclaim just by being here at Dunphy among this growth of housing developments in our community, we proclaim what joy means. We testify that joy comes from Christ and it sticks around. Joy with Jesus is there in the best of times and it's even there in the times that are hard. Do you realize? You can be a joyful person and still cry alongside the world. Because being joyful means you know that it is not supposed to be this way. And you believe that it can be better. 
This Christmas season, we, we can read these words from the Gospel of John. Chapter 1, verse 5, it says, The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not understood it. In other words, Christ is the light of the world. And the worst that the world can do still is not enough to extinguish that light of our Savior. If that light cannot be extinguished, then neither can our joy. I want to suggest some very practical things for you. How to share some Christmas joy. So here are some things I want you to ponder. Think about. See if you can't put them into action. Consider from now until Christmas, if not longer, that that jerk that cuts you off on the highway just might be a single mom who lost her husband while she was pregnant, who worked 10 hours that day and is rushing home to cook dinner, to help with homework, to do a little bit of laundry, to spend a few precious moments with her children. She didn't mean to cut you off, but if she could just get in traffic and get a couple of those moments back that she could spend with her children. Hmm. Consider from now until Christmas, if not longer, your cashier, that disinterested young man who won't look you in the eye and has a very difficult time counting change, is actually a worried 19-year-old college student trying to balance his apprehensions over final exams with his fear of not knowing how he's going to pay for next semester's tuition. Consider from now until Christmas, if not longer, that scary-looking bum, that beggar, the one that's always on that same corner begging for money. Or maybe he just showed up this week in Columbia City or in Fort Wayne. That bum, you know, the one that you think, he ought to just go out and get a job. Consider he's actually a slave to his addiction. Addictions that we can hardly imagine in our worst nightmares consider from now until Christmas if not longer that old couple walking annoyingly slow through the store the store aisles are being blocked they're walking hand in hand consider they might be savoring this moment knowing that based on the biopsy that they just received back from her, that this is their last Christmas, the last year that they will be able to go shopping together. Consider from now until Christmas, if not longer, that all the gifts that God gives us, 
that the greatest gift is love. It's not enough to share that love with those that we hold dear. We must open our hearts, not just to those who are close to us, but all of humanity. Let us be slow to judgment and quick, quick to forgiveness and patience and empathy and love. Let that joy of Christ, as described in Isaiah chapter 12, verse 3, to well up in our hearts. Don't let the difficult things have the last word. The candle always does. After all, shine brightest in the darkness. So here we are with each day of the year getting shorter and shorter. Just nine days away from the shortest day of the year. The least amount of daylight, the most amount of darkness, yet we are here because something inside of us just makes us believe that it's true. We believe that the light will always overcome the darkness. We believe in the miracle that is about to come into the world. Our job as followers of Christ is to spread that light. Spread that joy. Because joy is different than just a feeling. It's different than a feeling of nostalgia and, and glee. Joy is a way of living as people following the light of Christ into the world. Claiming joy. It's an act of faith. And living with that joy is an act of revolution in a world that could use a little bit of joy right now. God's gift of joy is there for us all to claim, not just in the good times, but especially in the bad. As we watch and we wait this Advent season, let us be witnesses of the light of Christ and the joy that it brings into the world. Let us live as people who believe that this joy and the child in the manger who brings this joy can change the world. If we do that, we're already halfway to Christmas. Amen. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we do thank you for the birth, the resurrection, and the ascension of Christ. So that if we just believe in him, we can have eternal life. That eternal life that can bring joy in times when joy does not even seem possible. Let us share that as the light of the world. In Jesus' name, amen.